This, 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 this is mythical. Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Yes. Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, Rhett's taking me on a cross-country road trip. Vroom, vroom. I've been waiting to hear <laughs> about this road trip. I mean, well, the moment I heard, you know, when I was I was back here in LA, you were still in North Carolina, you were your your trips to your trip to Mexico was disintegrating mm-hmm. right before your eyes. And I was I was feeling sorry for you. And then all of a sudden Christy's like cuz she's reading the thread and I'm not cuz I'm yeah. in full vacation mode. Right. She's like, "Rent locker they're gonna drive back to LA. Yeah. They're doing like a cross country road trip. Best and idea ever. I gotta admit. Jealous. Like the, yeah, it's like immediate <laughs> jealousy, like this sinking inside. It's like, yeah. well why didn't, why didn't they invite me? Well you just no. wait until you, <laughs> not that, why just you, wait until you hear the I was whole story. Only, if you invited me, that, that, that's not how cross country trips work. I was on the other coast already. That's why you I didn't invite like, me. I could have like picked you up and taken you to my house in the last like half mile or so. <laughs> no but like, I would, you know, the whole week after Christmas that we were all on break, I was like, let's do something, guys. You know, I could always rent a van again and we can do some, a couple of nights camping. It was, there was like torrential. It was raining like crazy here. of rain here. It was like depressing, didn't wanna go out, uh, but it was relaxing. But I, you know, I wanted to do something and they wanted to just chill out. I respected that, but I was a little frustrated and then, on top of that, it's like, man, you got this like father-son thing. Bonding. Seeing places. Mm-hmm. I've only done one cross-country trip, and it wasn't with my son. It was with me. Yeah, it was. Similar route that I took. It was special. I'll tell you about. So I, I wanna hear all about it. You've been saving it. Yeah. Tell me on this and podcast. E- you know, even a couple of times, there's been We've been amongst friends who wanted to hear about the trip, and you've been there, and I had to like say I can't talk about it because Link's here. <laughs> People are like, these guys are so weird. Why is it that I can't tell you well, about had, my trip? Yeah, we because had a, I have to wait they, until now. I mean, they understood. They laughed because I was like, listen, I don't, I don't want to have to act not bored hearing it a second time on my podcast. Yeah, that's more important than. Uh, us talking about it now. Hopefully, in our hopefully you're you're the kind of ear biscuitier slash mythical beast who listens to every episode of Ear Biscuits. So you already know that COVID changed my plans for, to go to Mexico, and then I decided to go on a road trip. I'm not going to tell any more than that. But I wanted it. Like, why was it me and Locke? Like, why was it me and my 17 year old son and not my 13 year old son? Well, my 13 year old son 
very likely got COVID over the over the break, and that's why we we just didn't go to Mexico. And so, um, Locke and I have been planning on taking a trip together. Maybe during we've been trying Which, to go. Bye, can we close that loop? He's fine. Well, yeah, yeah. Shepherd's totally experience. Shepherd, he was you know double vaccinated, so he experienced essentially a cold. Um, that he was down for a couple of days, and he's 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 back. We never confirmed that that's what he had because all we had was those at home tests, and so I, I we're just assuming that's what he had. But if it's me, and I'm not going to put these thoughts or words in your mouth, and I don't want to throw you under your family bus here. But if it were me and I was in your situation, I would at that point I would have been like, this presents a unique opportunity for me and Lincoln to travel across the country without the other siblings. I mean, doing a cross country road trip as a family is a totally different thing than just doing it with one son. We actually it's a different concept. We actually considered right. It, it was in, it, it was on the table for us to all go because actually by the time we left, Shepard was essentially recovered. Um, but. Locke and I specifically have been trying to plan a trip together. You know, we tr we were gonna go to Japan and then we were gonna go to, I don't know, somewhere else. And the, COVID has changed our plans multiple times. And so this so is a trip that's been in the making. And he's about, you know, he's gonna graduate high school this year. So, yeah, so it's important. So it's not about avoiding spending time with your whole family in one car, but that I had to think that was a little bit of a fringe benefit. Well, all it took, as Jesse and I discussed it for about 15 seconds, is I was like, you know how our family is so intense that there's a chance that all four of us in a car could disintegrate really quickly. I mean, there was a chance that me unlocking a car could disintegrate very quickly, right. but the chances were, were lower. Now. Interestingly, I, I've talked a little bit about Locke and his tendency to be, you know, he's an Enneagram eight, he's a challenger. And so one of the things that I have found to be consistently true is when you have an idea, mm -hmm. even if it's a great idea, like a cross country road trip, his initial re reaction to it will be one of mm, I, d doubt and skepticism, right? And it's so- almost instinctive. Oh yeah, and I knew that was gonna happen and Lo and behold, when I pitched the idea of, hey man, day after Christmas, let's just drive back to Los Angeles. It wasn't an immediate, like this is a great idea. It was like, mm, how many hours is that gonna be in the car? Like th these were the questions, right? I don't wanna- That's a legit question. I, I don't wanna spend too much time on this point because obviously we ended up going, but the way that I, I kinda went into a dad pitch and Jesse was involved and we did a little bit of good cop, actually good cop, good cop. Um, but I just said, listen, it's very difficult for the future Locke to understand what is being proposed right now. And that is cross country trips of any kind. Well, future Locke is not here, he's in the future. Right, you know what I mean. It is very difficult for your future self to look, you can't look back and appreciate what you are about to experience in a cross country trip. And also as someone who has lived an adult life for some time, I know how hard it is to come by a cross country trip. These aren't, right. these aren't things that just present themselves, but I've never met someone who was like, I regret my cross country trip. I really regret it. Now, I'm sure there are people who do, but most people are like, when I think about some of the formative experiences, when I think about some of the things that I remember in my life, oh, that cross country trip, like these are formative experiences and memories and I was like, you're not gonna regret going on this, you will regret saying no potentially. Oh, so so you sold the experience and your future self will thank you. Yeah, I've had to do that a number of times. I mean, did you say, and you know what? We're gonna be announcing our location 
and meeting with fans of mine at rest stops <laughs> off the interstate. Nope. All across America. All I did was really severely slow down our progress. As we stopped at multiple rest stops, uh, oh, during the first rest stop stop, I did say, you know, there was a point in time about a decade ago where Link and I did a cross country trip and stopped and announced our to our fans that we were stopping at various rest stops. And and instead of thinking it was weird, he was like, "That's cool, man." It was cool. It was. If you're interested in that, you can just Google mythical road trip. The videos are spread across two different channels. Of course, this is pre-GMM, so across the GMM channel and the main channel. Uh, so you do you some work to it. piece it together for yourself. Maybe there's a playlist. Um, I am going to be, yeah, I took a lot of video, took a lot of pictures, including we took a couple of those disposable film cameras that apparently take a week to develop. That's why they're not developed here. Oh, like but, a wedding. Yeah, but between all of that uh, visual media, if you if you wanna, uh, if you're just listening to the podcast, just know that the YouTube version of this is going to have a lot of that visual stuff. I'll show you some if if it's needed for context as watch, we go. I'll watch the video. Or you can just watch later. I'll watch uh, the YouTube But I don't version. wanna sp spend a lot of time on my phone. So. How much planning did you have? I mean, was this, I mean, so he, you sold him. Let's, where did, yeah, pick yeah, up yeah, where you yeah. left off uh, here. So it was like. He was like, I'll do it, Dad. We're gonna leave on the 26th. Did he have any stipulations? Was he like. Well, one of the things that he had to do is he had two, he has two things to do. He's taking a uh, like a German course that's outside of his school uh, because before he transferred high schools a long time ago, he was he was in the German curriculum, and so he needs to finish to like get to like I think he's doing AP it like, German. I don't know like what it is. Car manufacturing? What was it? Um, it was just the language of German. Oh, just the language. Uh, and so he had so he needed to do that because it's he's got to finish it by like mid January. So he needed to spend some time doing homework. Uh, he's also currently applying to more colleges than the ones he's already applied to, so we needed to do some like essays and stuff like that. And I was like, listen, we've got this giant SUV that's way too big for us. It's super comfortable. This it's like a it's like a mobile classroom. It's like one of those families that has a school bus <laughs> that just takes their kids around doing homework all the time. So there'll be plenty of opportunity for homework because I'm gonna drive, it's a rental car. You're not allowed to drive this thing. So you're gonna be able to do a lot of homework. He was like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, all right. Um, but this is like the 23rd or so, 22nd, 23rd, when we made the call to cancel the Mexico trip and, and, and decided to do this. So in terms of preparation, actually I let Jenna know that I was doing this cross-country road trip and she was like, well, you should check out the website roadtrippers.com. Um, and I did, and that was actually, thank you for that, Jenna, that was very helpful because what you end up doing is you basically go on there and you set your destination, your you know your origin and your destination, and then it has, it creates a corridor around the, the route, like a 30 mile wide corridor, which in my case was on 40, because I was gonna take 40, because I didn't wanna just go, I wanted to get home, mm -hmm. but I wanted to be able to experience some stuff as well, but I didn't wanna do one of these things where you're like going up north. Also, winter weather was happening, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. We had actually had to divert our route because of that, but I wanted to stay 40 or south. I didn't wanna go too far mm -hmm, to the north. Mm -hmm. And this, I mean, it's a cool uh, site where you just, you see things organized by category and you click on them and you can just add them to your trip. And of course you can, then it's like, it automatically sends that navigation to your navigation app on your phone. So you've got the mobile app, you've got the computer. Uh, and with the information and like people's reviews of these different places and you things to do. You have to buy to a do. subscription for this? They, here's how they get you. 
So I'm sitting there planning my trip and I'm about like four or five destinations in or four or five mm-hmm. stops in and then it was like to add a seventh destination or for unlimited destination adding, please sign up for our Got subscription pay. service. And I was like, boy, I've spent an hour so far doing this and so it was a genius system. And so I ended up paying like the yearly fee to basically subscribe to the thing. Um, but I don't regret Even it. though the chances of using it again, they know are very low. It went for you. Yeah, well, I'm going to not pay again. Yeah. Or I'll probably forget and pay again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how they make their money right. and I have no regrets. Right. Uh, and so all we knew is that we wanted to get to LA by like New Year's Eve. So if you go from the 26th to New Year's Eve, that's a total of six days. Me and you went pretty aggressively when we went with our U-Haul and I think we did five days or so. Uh, I think it was either four or five, it was not six, I'm 100% sure of that. How did we do that? Well, it's not that hard as you're about to find out, even when you take multiple stops, more stops than than we than me and you did. The only stop we took for ourselves was the Grand Canyon. All the other ones were just to meet mythical beasts. Yeah, so the Grand Canyon was on the itinerary. Didn't happen, oh, for reasons I'll explain in a second. Happen. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so based on the amount of hours that we needed to be on the road, I had uh, an estimation of like, we need to kind of hit like an eight hours of driving per day or so to kind of keep the pace up. Woo! Now, that's a lot. I don't think, I think for a leisurely pace, you don't wanna go much more than five, if you're me. I disagree, and that's what I thought going in. Your vehicle makes all the difference in the world. You know when I took my 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 solo trip and I took my FJ, like my t- 2007 FJ that's got big tires on it, makes all kinds of noise and it's just not a great car for going long distances. It's a great car for getting over rocks and stuff. Yeah. I was absolutely mesmerized at the the size of the country and all I did was go into like Nevada and then come back down to Cal- and, and then come back to California. I was in a Uh, This is not an ad for a Ford Expedition, but I was in like a new Ford Expedition and something about how smooth the ride was made both Locke and I come to the conclusion that the United States isn't that big. Like that, that's actually how we, we, were, we, we would drive and we'd but be like. sitting for eight hours is It wasn't time. that bad. I mean, and I'll talk to you about some of the ways that Does we have a we standing time. driving? Yeah, it's a standing desk situation. The top goes up and you just sort of like. St- <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, I mean. RVs and buses spr- should have that. Sprinter vans should have that. But then it's it's really hard do to about like the pedals, control though? the gas and brake pedal while standing. Right, that's probably why that's illegal. But no, it didn't seem like I, I was thinking. Well, like UPS drivers. I was are preparing Locke. I told Locke, yeah. I was like, "Dude, Mom and Shepard get back on the second. You go back to school on the third. As long as we're back before the second, I, I, I set really, really low expectations for how much we needed to move, and he was on board with that. But we did have a place that we wanted to get on night two, which 
I'll explain in a second. So, so first, you off, go first. We wanted to go and stop and stay the night in Nashville, which is about seven and a half, eight hours from uh, Fuquay Arena, which was our point of origin. Mm -hmm. Which would you have thought thought that the all the way to Nashville, Tennessee, just like seven or eight hours? It's not. It's it's pretty close. I would have said yes. That's pretty far. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't need to be asking. I wasn't in an expedition. I don't, I don't need to be asking you like how long things feel in mileage and time though, because uh, things kind of break down pretty quickly. All I knew is that I wanted to stop. We wanted to get out of on, on the road very early. So the night before, Locke wasn't staying with us. He was staying uh, with his cousins, and I was staying with Jesse's parents. And I was like, "Bro, you, I want you just bring your stuff over, get your clothes washed." telling the 17 year old the things that 17 year olds need to know before they leave and I just I was like be ready. He basically wasn't ready until very late that night. He went and hung out with his cousins, but he was ready. We woke up uh well no, that right before, sorry. Right before we went to bed. I forgive you. I'm going I'm asleep. It's 11:30. I'm going to get up at like 6:30 and we're going to get on the road at 7 a.m. That's the plan. He knocks on the door, wakes me up. He's like, "Dad, I broke my crown." So, Locke has a crown on his front, one of his front teeth right here on the, whatever that middle tooth, the incisor. Okay. And it had cracked right across the, the front. Now, thankfully my father-in-law is a dentist and we were staying at his home and he was still up. And then, so he was like, okay, I can fix it tomorrow. Uh, and then he was like, oh no, tomorrow's Sunday, I won't have any assistance. And then he's like, let me look at it. He looks at it, he's like, ah, oh, you're fine until you go to California. At that point, I thought it we was were gonna crack, be delayed. It was, but it wasn't, it was it like didn't break off. The, the, the facing of it had cracked off, but it wasn't like exposing the tooth, the root or anything like that, or oh. the nerve. So right off the bat, I was- Little, little entry. I was a little tense, like Ugh. But we did end up leaving at 7 a.m. First stop was gonna be in Asheville because if you're going to Nashville, you should stop at a town that rhymes with it before you get there. That's a rule of thumb. That The app told you that. Yeah, uh, and I knew definitively that I wanted to eat at Biscuit Head for lunch. Biscuit, Head, Biscuit Head is a restaurant in Asheville. There's actually three locations. I didn't know that. Uh, this is a place that you know specializes in Biscuits. Oh, my mouth is watering. And like those big, tall, stacked, fluffy buttermilk biscuits with like bacon, egg, and cheese inside. I'm gonna tell you exactly what we ordered. Now, The so I was in large part building the trip around food. You know, that's what I think about most Gotta of the eat. time. So I was like, we're not going to have a bad meal on this trip. We did, which I'll get to in a second, but the plan was to not have a bad meal on this trip. It was about the destinations and the sightseeing, but it was also about the food, and we wanted to get started on the right foot. Now, I didn't know this, but the whole biscuit head of it all, apparently there's something called like a cat head biscuit, which is a southern vernacular for bi essentially biscuits and gravy, like when you take a biscuit and you put stuff over the top of it. I don't know, they said something like that on the menu. I was like, oh, I didn't know this. I've been to this place several times. Hmm. But we got the filthy animal, which is a buttermilk biscuit, with fried chicken on top of it, pimento cheese, oh god, bacon, oh. scrambled eggs, ah. all smothered in gravy. Ah. If you go there, smothered in gravy. This is their specialty. You got to eat it with a fork. You definitely got to eat it with a fork. Uh, Can't be this driving. Is, this is what I recommend that you get the filthy animal. Everything's good though. So, locks keep the change. Already having a great time. You know, we're we're spending a lot of time listening to music. Um, 
I'll talk about a little bit about some artists that he I helped him discover along the way. But we're having a good time, and we were just very sort of like, man, we got here real fast. It feels like we just got to Asheville real fast. We eat, but like we want to get to Nashville because I'm like, not only are we going to Nashville to get some hot chicken, of course, but we I want to show him downtown Nashville and show him, you know, the honky tonks and all all this stuff. So. On to Nashville, which we end up arriving in Nashville at like 3.30 p.m. Oh, or so. Like we got there with plenty of time to spare. Now, you probably already know this if you live outside of some major metropolitan areas like Los Angeles, but uh, COVID does not exist uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it apparently has not made it there, which is news to me. I thought I think they completely eradicated it mentally. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Exactly. It turns out that most of the country has eradicated COVID mentally. Yeah. Uh, it does not exist in any of the states after Nashville until <laughs> I got to like Phoenix. <laughs> um, and again, as I kind of outlined a couple of podcasts ago, as someone who's double vaxxed and boosted, from, we were both double vaxxed and boosted, I was kind of like, listen, I kind of got to just go along with the flow of America here on this trip or else I'm going to drive myself crazy. So that's essentially what we did. Um, but we were gonna do, the main thing I wanted to do in Nashville was to get hot chicken. So we took a little tour of downtown, um, stepped inside a, a honky tonk where, the, you know, I like to, I go into the places where, first of all, it's a little bit mind blowing for even if you've never been there and for like Locke, it was really mind blowing to just walk up and down this street and literally every single restaurant has got a person, a band playing music, right? Yeah, including Taco Bell, uh, now, seriously. A lot of it is very bad. I would say the, the majority of the music that I heard coming out of those places is pretty bad. I'm not a huge fan of modern country. It gets better general. the later you stay. But if but you go to a place where there's guys that there's some somebody's got gray hair you're like that's a good sign there's a dude who looks who's playing a pedal steel who looks like this may be his last time ever playing the pedal steel mm -hmm. like he may die while on stage yeah you know you're in a, and also there's hardly anybody in there watching except some other old people I saw that place and I was like this is where we need to go we go inside. Over the course of like five songs, they played three Merle Haggard songs. Do you remember which one it was? Uh, I can't remember the place that was our no. favorite from when we played at the Ryman. Um, I do. I don't remember the name of the place. Honestly, it was a woman's name. Uh, it, but it was a, it was towards the river and pretty close to like the Glen Campbell Museum and the little road you go off to get to the Johnny Cash Museum, which di I didn't go into. We just kind of took a picture for Shepherd because Shepherd and they would let Glen Campbell lock fan. in there, underage, dude. There's no rules, man. Okay. They they in fact, the waitress offered him a beer. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't look 17. He looked No. And I was like, "Ah, let's not do that." <laughs> uh, so we did that, but then it was all about the hot chicken. Now, Yeah, I'm curious where where okay. did you go? So, my experience, the first time I ever had authentic Nashville hot chicken, which a lot of people are like, "You talk about spicy chicken?" Hopefully if you've watched Good Mythical Morning, you know that hot chicken is not spicy chicken. It is its own category. It's not like the spicy chicken sandwich you get at McDonald's, okay? This is a very specific recipe and it's very good and it's one of my favorite things. The breading is very red. Yeah, it's got it has a lot of spice mixed into the breading and then it's got it's got like a coating of like dry but also a little bit wet. You gotta just have it. So the best I've ever had is Hattie B's in Nashville. 
But I had even heard that Nash, that uh, Hattie B's was not the originator of hot chicken. We were told when we went there that Bolton's chicken and fish, hot chicken and fish was the originator and we went there and it was very, very good. Very down home. But it turns out that that's also not true. Bolton's is not the first person to do it. The first place to do it is Prince's Hot Chicken. I never even heard of Prince's Hot Chicken, but I'm telling. I told you about Prince's Hot Chicken. I thought you told me about Bolton's. No, 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 when we went to, when I took the kids to the wedding in Nashville last year, we went to Prince's. Did you go to the one in Assembly Hall? Or did I, you go to the original location? It was on a, I think the original location after the fire. Okay. So not the original original, well, it was in a strip mall. I have, we waited way too long for it. Well, I blocked that out of my mind and I'm probably about to tell you something that you already know, but just let me tell you. So, Assembly Hall is like a, sort of like a food court on steroids, a mall. Oh, near downtown? Right across the street from the, the from the Ryman. Yeah. That's where you went? There's a Prince's there? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Hattie B's there. It's new, there wasn't when I went. Okay. Okay. All right, so. But I went to the Hattie B's there which it must be right at this in the same place. It, Princess is upstairs in the food court area. Oh. Hattie B's is down in the outdoor mall. So you area. went for Princess. Okay, Locke and I got into this discussion, and I was like, "Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I've never had better hot chicken than Hattie B's, but I've also never had Princess. And everyone is saying that Princess is the original place. And then we go online and we're looking at all these lists of the places that you should have hot chicken. And like list after list is like go to Princess for the original." It's everyone is just trying to imitate that. It's true. So I was like, well, okay. I mean, it's not gonna be a disappointing experience. I mean, it may not be as good as Hattie B's, you know, side by side comparison or whatever. But the thing that Locke said, he was like, Dad, but there's a lot of people in line at Hattie B's and there's not a lot of people in line at Prince's. And I was like, well, that's just because it's like a, it's upstairs in this place and, mm -hmm. you know, Hattie B's is a better location. And, but I was also like, Okay, you just tell me which one you wanna do. And he was like, I think we should go to the place that has more people at it. And I was like, but what about the original? I, I, I take full responsibility for this because I talked him into going to Prince's. I can't believe, I did the same thing. But you, you ended did. up getting, you, you got to rectify it. Yeah, I went to Hattie B's the next day. So. Well, I wasn't able to do that because I had to leave. Let me just tell you right now, and, and once I got up there and we put our order in, and by the way, we also got T-shirts that said Princess Hot Chicken because I'm, we're getting T-shirts and I got a hat at Biscuit Head. We're getting memorabilia all over the oh, place. This is what the road trip's all about. That's a good idea. So I, I um, we order a couple of like medium hot chicken sandwiches, which typically medium is like super hot if you have any experience with hot chicken. You never get the, the hot's like hotter than anyone can handle and there's two levels above that and it's just kind of like comical to even think about, right, typically. Yeah. So I noticed that there's a, there's a lot of people in line. Uh, there's a lot of people waiting. Not a lot mm. of people in line, but a lot of people waiting. And then at that point is when I go to the specific Yelp reviews, not for Princess, but for this Princess location, which is like a not the original location, it's like the mall location for yeah, lack of a better word. Yeah, it's the tourist trap downtown. And I begin to get a sinking feeling because people are like, this place is so poorly managed. It's not gonna be representative of hot chicken. It's just a piece of chicken with some sauce kind of dolloped on it. And then I'm just thinking, these people, don't, ah, there's no way it's that bad. There's no, there's no way a place that has this reputation is letting this happen. I mean, it's not gonna be bad. I mean, at the worst, it's just gonna be a good fried chicken sandwich. 
It was the most disappointing culinary experience I've ever had in my entire life. Man, I wish you would have gone just downstairs to the Hattie B's right afterwards. We, well, the line to Hattie I'll B's. remember what I told you because the, it was so good. I and wasn't sure that touristy. you said princes. It's touristy. I mean, everything in that area is is for tourists, but like Hattie B's, they've they've made they've optimized the tourist experience with some of the things that they offer. Well, but it's also it's just good. I mean, they, so good. It's it's good and it's consistent. And I should and, and so lesson learned for me. First of all, I had to apologize profusely to Lot. We ended up getting like some Jenny's ice cream after. I I almost was like, let's just go and get right back in line and just get Hattie B's. But that line was probably an hour long, and we kind of were tired and wanted to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I can't speak for the original Princess location. But if the Princess Enterprise is allowing any location to be as horrible as the one in Assembly Hall. Then I'm never. I'm never going. I will never go. You cannot. You lost your opportunity to game me as a fan. Hattie B's is amazing. And I didn't Bolton's have a good experience. Is, and Bolton's either. is really good, but Hattie B's is the standard. You shouldn't go to the place that that created it. You should go to the place that perfected it, and they have perfected it for at, at least for tourists. I totally agree. By the way, there's a hip hop themed pizza restaurant right across the way from it in that same. Thoroughfare, and I recommend that place too. Well, if I had to spend multiple days, I mean, next time I come through, I know what I'm cinnamon doing. Cinnamon rolls. Ear Biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Well, guess what? Your feet don't have to hurt. When you add the signature orthotic shape of Superfeet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. Superfeet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, Superfeet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Superfeet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes, and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot. From cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive, you can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our Mm -hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. We stayed at the Graduate Hotel on Music Row. I don't know if you know about this place, but it's basically a country music themed hotel uh, that has some awesome decor and like pictures of Dolly Parton in the in the lobby. And oh, that's your, cool. your, your key, your cards for getting in and out of your room are like student IDs. I had like Waylon Jennings student ID and Johnny Cash's student ID is like what you have as your your key to open your door. Student ID. This made up, it's not a real thing. I don't think they ever had student IDs. Emmy Lou Harris, a a portrait of her was over my my bed. Oh. Um, I can't remember who was over Locke's bed. I've got pictures, you're probably seeing them at this point. But that was a fun experience. Also shout out to the front desk, their mythical beast at The Graduate, at least those that I interacted with that night. Um, But we got up the next morning. You get a chocolate on your pillow? A night chocolate? They don't do that. 
It's not mm. a country music I mean, thing. For you. Uh, so next day, we're up and the goal is to get to Chester, Arkansas. Never heard of it. No reason to have heard of it until today. Hopefully I'm gonna give you a reason to hear about it. But we were gonna go through Memphis. So we knew we were gonna stop in Memphis and again, I'm thinking mm -hmm. about two things. I'm thinking ribs about- and ribs. I'm thinking about stopping at Central Barbecue which has the best oh ribs God. we've ever oh had. God. If you remember the-, the, the I'm crying, Our man. Memphis trip where we decided on what the best ribs were and it was clearly Central Barbecue. Wanted to stop there. But the downtown location is directly across the street from the Civil Rights Museum which is at the Lorraine Hotel which is where MLK was shot and killed. Mm -hmm. um, and I've never been in there and I was like, this will be a cool thing for a father and son to do. We get to have this incredible meal and then we get some essentially some sobering US history in the middle of our trip. Um, but turns out that the Central Barbecue location was closed at that for some reason it was closed and I was like, well, I've got my heart set on this so I had to drive 15 minutes to the original Central Barbecue location which is on Central Avenue. I didn't know about this. Uh, so I've, I, now I've seen the other one. It's a lot like the second one. So you, so you were at the MLK Museum, but since Central Barbecue was closed, you for you didn't go in the museum. Well, we were. It was lunchtime. We were and super hungry. You had to get to Central Barbecue. I mean, we wanted to spend a couple of hours at the museum. I wasn't about to go in there. Uh, we were also yeah. We weren't e eating breakfast. We were like getting a coffee when we woke up, and it was like we're gonna we we then we eat lunch. I I. I I've been doing like an intermittent fasting thing and Locke is amenable to pretty much anything so that's what we decided to do. It was also you can kind of get on the road and just go. So, go to the original Central Barbecue location. Uh, I gotta say, I love Central Barbecue but for me it really, it, the thing that shines is the ribs and everything else is kind of just like good barbecue but not great barbecue. I don't remember if that was your experience if you remember we were we were already so full when we got the spread from Central yeah, Barbecue when we went there. We were on a rib mission, so did the ribs hold true? The ribs are so good. Hey, the, okay. the ribs, but I got ribs, pulled pork, and I meant I ordered chicken. I thought I was ordering the smoked chicken, but they gave me the shredded chicken, like the pulled chicken. Oh, it was a little dry. Yeah. Um, and again, I think I said that the rendezvous beans were better. I got beans and they're not bad, but right. it's, it's really, just get the ribs. If you're a rib person, get the ribs. Mm -hmm. But going back to the uh, Civil Rights Museum, which again. So, so you did go back to the Civil Rights Museum. Oh yeah, I wasn't That's what I was go. asking. You seemed like you were just like, I have to make a choice and it's gonna be for the ribs. No, 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 I'm saying that I, okay, we so wanted to back. eat at Central Barbecue, then we were gonna go back oh, to the Civil Rights Museum. I didn't Museum. know you went back. I mean, it's still in the same town. I'm driving across the country. 15 minutes isn't gonna be that You're on an go. expedition. So we go to the museum. Everything seems so quick. And I mean, listen, I mean, you, you can imagine the sort of intensity of the experience of the Civil Rights Museum, but um, I, I, there's, I can't really say anything to communicate that. I just gonna tell you, if you're in Memphis, you should go to it, right? And I think that the story of the hotel and how after he was killed there on the balcony, um, the story of the the thing falling into disrepair and then like local leaders coming together and saying we wanna save this hotel and then they literally built the museum around it and inside of it but kept the two rooms right there, the one that he stayed in and the one that I think they had a meeting in or one that he was shot in front of, hmm. they kept them intact. And then they've added some like things of like this is what would have been on the table and here's like the ashtray with cigarettes that they had been smoking and stuff. Um, it's just a really well done museum that has so much information. I actually felt bad because 
it's there's so much information to read and to digest and there's so many cool things to watch and experience as you go through. But when you're on a road trip and you're kind of like we got to get uh, we have to get to to Chester for reasons I'll get to in a second. So we actually only did like two thirds of the museum. There's a whole other side which kind of goes underground and I think goes up to the place where the shot was fired or gets close to it. I'm not, I, I didn't go huh. in so I'm not sure, so I'm speculating. But definitely recommend that and it was it was very, just seeing the spot, seeing this, like hearing the story and then like standing up there right next to where he was shot is just like a, it's a sobering experience for anyone. Okay. Um, but then on to Chester, Arkansas. So that was what was kind of driving us to get to, Ch- uh, to to get to Nashville, then to Memphis, then to Chester to spend the night. So we talked a lot about Lance and Lacey of Beard and Lady, some really good friends of mine and and of ours, uh, who Beard and Lady makes all the you know the mythical grooming products, the and also helped us kind of come up with the idea originally for beard oil and lip balm and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Lacey is from this area of Arkansas, which is right off of 40 as you're coming through, because most okay. of our trip was on 40. I mean, they're like literally like 15 minutes from 40, so as soon as I'm, I'm mapping through, I'm like, hold on, this goes right through Arkansas, and then I was like, this is like right next to where they got this hotel. So they have bought this historic, like 100-year-old hotel in Chester, which is a very teeny tiny town, uh, and they have- Built res- a museum around it. No, it's not because, it's not like the museum. Okay. They have restored it and it's called the Beard and Lady Inn and it has three components. Number 1, it's a hotel with 11 rooms, so it's kind of like a boutique, boutique hotel. Okay. I'll tell you about the rooms in a second. It also has a restaurant that serves like local Arkansas uh wild game and stuff. By the time this goes out and you're listening to this, it will be basically they're opening up the restaurant like as we speak. All this information is at beardandladyn.com, but there's also a mercantile, so like a store where they sell mythical products, but also a bunch of other stuff from like local vendors. If you're like a Northwest Arkansas person and you've got something cool to sell, like there's so much room in this incredible facility they've set up that you can, you know, and they're they're doing all kinds of stuff there. I mean, I highly recommend it if you're coming through because it's just like, it's definitely the coolest place that we stayed even cooler than a graduate just because of the history of this place and also it's haunted. Is it? Yeah, so it has a reputation. In fact, as they were, you know, they bought this thing a couple years ago and then they slowly restored it and they said that like locals would come by and be like, you seen the ghost yet? You know, like basically this place is notorious for being haunted. So I think it'll also be a destination for like paranormal seeking people. Doesn't that play into the theme? I seem- Yeah, so, the, you remember, the theme you me. the theme of the rooms is there it's either fear of something or it's just a a general theme about a life experience and so but it's kind of funny in that like I stayed in the fear of commitment room right <laughs> and so Lacey's family history goes way way back in that area and her grandparents were like incredible uh, collectors or, or archivers of their family history and pictures and stuff and so they've got these pictures in in that room that I stayed in there's all these pictures of her grandparents and relatives and their like wedding portraits and pictures of them together throughout the years all this old like like tin type 
old school black and white photography and everything. Basically tells the story of commitment. Yeah, so it's like, okay, if you got fear it's of right commitment, let's see all these people around you that are committed to, to one another. Interestingly, one of the rooms, uh, which I think is fear, it might be fear of death. Uh, you can go on the website and see all the rooms, but her grandparents, her great grandparents are the only people known on record, at least on record at the time, to request a dual coffin. What? They died within hours of each other and a dual coffin was made for them and there's pictures of them in the coffin on, in the room. What? It's incredible. So is it, first, okay, first of all, did, was they, how did they die so, so close? so closely because I guess the, the first thing I thought was, okay, one of them dies, you bury them, then you gotta dig it up and throw the other person no, no, in there? Yeah, I think it was. They were counting on dying at the same I think, time? I think that the circumstances led to, she died or he, one of them died first and the other one knew that they were about to die. I don't know if the same, I can't remember the story of the same disease or whatever. It was in the same coffin. It was, I think it was like a last minute request like that and they totally did it. It's, it was, it's was it a wider coffin? Yeah, she had like a square. <laughs> it's like a square coffin. What? Yeah, and there's a picture. There's of these pictures of them in it. Dead so, bodies in it. Yeah, well, see, but you don't have to stay in that room. It's all about your level of comfort. And there's one room that is known as the haunted room. I didn't stay in. First of all, the whole whole place is potentially haunted, right? But there's one room that is right above the place where a guy once like froze to death in like this little. I think this like saloon that was attached to it. The, again, all these stories in in more detail are on the website. But I didn't stay in that room. But we walked. We were, they're just opening, and so there was one other couple that was staying there that night, and then it was me and Locke, and we stayed in adjoining rooms. Uh, you know, uh, Lansing Lacey's history of like traveling multiple times to the Middle East over the, their twenties and thirties, and so there's they, they're, and they've got all these like artifacts and like a camel saddle and all this stuff hmm. uh, that was connected to my room. So the Middle East room, which is not a fear of anything, it's just a Middle East theme room. And then I was in the fear of commitment room. And then there's a bathroom attached to that. And so that so we were kind of had adjoining rooms. Okay. Um, but it's really hard for me to convey how cool and unusual of a space it is and the thing that they're trying to do because it's on the railroad. And they're currently like basically lobbying to get it added as a stop so you can be in one of the major uh, city centers that's close by north and south. Take and, a train. And you can take it. a train and, and, and it'll let you off. And they've also bought a church, like this 100 year old church in a nearby place that the whole idea is that people, and I think this is already, they've had a couple of wedding parties because it's a really cool thing to run out of the whole hotel and mm -hmm. you know have an event. And they bought this church, and the idea is that in the future people will get married at this venue, and, and then die in the hotel, and then, and then go to the hotel. Uh, and again, it's, if if you're into paranormal stuff, it's great. If you're not, there's plenty of options and plenty of rooms to stay in that are not. But it was one of the coolest coolest stops that 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 we made. And then they kind of took us on a tour of you know the family land and some other stuff the next morning and. Uh, we got to see some some of Northwest Arkansas, which is a which is a special place, special place, special place, huh? Hilly. Yeah, actually, it's it's pretty yeah pretty mountainous. I would say I would call it. It feels like you're in the North Carolina mountains, and I mean essentially, I think it. I don't. I think it's a different mountain range, right? Because it's like the Ozarks. the Ozarks. Okay, uh, but it has that feel of like very wooded, 
mountains that you just feel like you get lost in, lots of lakes and stuff, lots of streams and rivers. That's cool. Um, but I didn't see. That would be night too. Yeah, I didn't see anything. I, 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 no ghosts. I didn't see any ghosts and I was very open to it and I was like standing in there at night sort of staring into the mirror waiting for things to happen. Oh. I was embracing it. I was like, if something's gonna happen, I wanna be here for it. But the ghosts left me alone. Ear Biscuits is supported by DoorDash. I'm keeping less alcoholic beverages in my house um, lately. I'm kind of on that swing of the pendulum. Okay. But I will say, there's times when when you wanna crack open an adult beverage. Yes, it happens. Sometimes amongst friends, sometimes alone. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I, wanna get into the details. I recommend with friends. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, Here's to alcohol deliveries with DoorDash. Whether you're hosting, sending a congratulatory gift, or just staying in to chill with a cold one, DoorDash is an easy call. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. With thousands of stores all over the country, you're sure to find what you're looking for and more. They have it all, beer, wine, mixers, and for those that don't drink, mocktails and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code Ear. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening, any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Again, beardandladyin.com. That's not my rec, but it is a rec. You should go and check it out. Next stop, Oklahoma City. Already in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Cause you, in Cow first, country. I mean, you're, you drive for two days and you're in Oklahoma, basically. That's, see the country's not that big, Link. Oklahoma City, I I don't think I've ever been there. I have been to Oklahoma City, well you have because you went through on 40 with me. Well we went through it but I don't think we stopped. I, we may have just stopped. For I, I think you've been as a basketball player. Yeah, I the, remember the this. AAU National Championship in 1996 was in Oklahoma City and my team went to play in the National Championship. Did you lose? We didn't win. <laughs> okay. We played. <laughs> you forfeited. What other option is it? Well, no, I mean, we placed like 12th in the country. Oh, it wasn't you weren't like in the going, national. You weren't personally in the national championship. It was all the best AAU teams in the nation. You were in the together. tournament, but not in the It's so like almost top 10, we're pretty good. We're you were pretty in the good. Okay, you are in the top 10. The um, only thing I remember is when you came back was, I think that's when you told me that you were sleeping in bunk beds and that your roommates, your teammates and roommates would bring back girls and, to sleep in there or do something besides it wasn't, sleep. It wasn't in their bunk, bunk beds. beds. It was uh, it was like a split level condominium, and so we were all sleeping in like pull out. There was bedrooms, but there was also pull out couches. And me and a guy were sleeping in a pull on a pull out bed together upstairs in the loft. But then there were two of our other teammates who were downstairs in another bed in the live in the middle of the living room, and they were bringing girls into that bed and proceeding to make love to them. Uh, and there was lots of op open, it was the first time I'd actually like been in a room with someone else making love. There were four of them in one bed? No, I think that one, the one guy would be like, I'm gonna go do something else while you bring your girl in here and make love and then we'll switch. Okay, there was definitely. I heard two different female sounds uh, at different times. Yep, yeah. but you stayed I put. I wasn't really planning on talking about this, but thanks for bringing it up. That Yes, that is my previous Oklahoma City story. Okay, top but, that. But of course, what I'm interested in, the first thing I'm interested in is I food. I got what I came for. Uh, the first thing I'm interested in is food, and we actually didn't quite get there at the right time to for a meal, but the place that I wanted to at eat. At your age, yeah, much more interested in food than. Well, there was two things. The, the first thing was sex. food, 
And talking about sex. There was there's a okay, there's a restaurant that I think is called 39. Uh, which is at the uh, First Nations Museum. So there's this incredible Native American museum that's going up in Oklahoma. Of course, there's a lot. That was a lot of the Native American territory and reservations and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And COVID has like severely dampened the schedule for this thing. But you can see it as you're going by on 40. This incredible structure that's going up, but it just wasn't open it's yet. Not open yet. Okay. But there's a restaurant that's gonna be there. That it made it seem like it was open. Uh, it's called 39 because there's like 39 tribes that are local to that, to the state or to the region. And there was gonna be food from each one of those tribes on the menu. And I was like, this would be super cool, but it wasn't clear that it wasn't open yet. I think it opened sometime this year. And the way I figured out some of this is through Atlas Obscura. Not all of this was on roadtrippers.com. So I had the roadtrippers.com up, but then I would like pull up Oklahoma City on uh, Atlas Obscura. Which is like a weird a website that shows interesting weird stuff stuff to and uh, weird things to do, weird things to see, weird things that exist that you can't have access to, but also weird things to eat, like weird restaurants. Huh? You uh, gotta pay for that? No, that's all free. Oh, that's free. I like that. But there was this thing called the Oklahoma City Underground, which they made seem cool. <laughs> okay. And this is essentially. Un, un, like, okay, I love underground stuff. I've established this. I read a whole book about it and I've always been obsessed with like the under underneath cities kind of thing. And so I was thinking that this was gonna be something like the Parisian catacombs or something, you know, like, <laughs> but it's Oklahoma City. I should have, you know, changed my expectations. Yeah, maybe it's, a, there's a subway and like a. All, all it is. A hardware store. Is the downtown Oklahoma City has been connected via pathways that are underneath the ground. Let's call those tunnels. Tunnels. Let's call them underground walkways because you get too excited about they, tunnels. They feel like hallways though. Oh. And, they're, and, they're, and there's like, it was like, oh, it's home to art galleries and stuff. What they mean by that is that there's a few places where all of a sudden there'll be pictures on the wall and there'll be like purple lighting or red lighting or yellow lighting, like it's all lit. But then there's these signs that say like, Progress Energy Building, so and so government building. It's just like buildings that I'm not interested in going to and probably wouldn't have access to, connected via underground. You know like, what? It reminds me of like the the suspended walkways Minneapolis. in Minneapolis. It's, it's the same exact were, principle. They were like it was like above ground the tunnels, so that you didn't have to be out in the weather. Yeah, so it's similar to that. Maybe it's because it's but it seemed like so a maze, hot. and there wasn't it wasn't really a cool place to be because it's kind of cramped. It's exactly the same thing, and I actually think there are some skywalks that are part of it once you get to some of the buildings that are close together. All I can say is, it's not very cool. Um, okay. I, th- I think we did take a dump in one of the bathrooms there. Skip that it one It seemed then. super isolated, and there was nobody around. You were us, picturing like, like catacombs. I'm sorry, man. Well, I wasn't picturing catacombs. I was picturing that this was something that existed in the past and had been commandeered for these purposes yeah. versus something that was built relatively recently is the way that it feels. Mm-hmm. It feels too, too sterile and just not cool enough so we kind of walked probably like half a mile and realized it was all the same and walked back out and that was it. That was Oklahoma City for us. Oklahoma City proved to be a disappointment. My first trip back when I listened to people have sex was definitely a better trip. So you didn't top it, but let's just move on. On to Amarillo. And of course, morning. when you're going into Amarillo, this is the perfect opportunity to introduce your son to the music of George Strait. Oh yeah. Famously known for Amarillo by Morning and I think more number one country hits of any than any country artist. That sounds right to me. 
Uh, were you coming up from San Antonio? No, we were coming from the east of Oklahoma City. Was everything that you got just what you got on? No, we had a whole truck full of things. Yeah. You didn't have Including a dime, the car. but what you had was mine? None of the song applied to us. In fact, we weren't trying to get there by morning. We were trying to get there to sleep. What a good song though. Did you play it? Oh, we played that and then proceeded to play, basically you just go to Spotify and you just play the most popular stuff from George Strait and you just remember like, oh yeah, that one and that one. And it's not like my favorite country music of all time, but you immediately yeah. understand why he had so many number one hits because first of all, he had great songwriters and he was a great, yeah. great deliverer, deliverer of- Baby Blue. I mean, he was just so good, one? he was such a, I, yeah, we, get, we we went through a bunch of them. But, uh, yeah, Christy got me the George Strait CD box set when we yeah. were dating. And that, I mean, that was special. There's a lot of romance in there. Yeah, his, his most popular songs are the love songs. Like, even the, the, he did the whole string through the 90s, like check yes or no and all that stuff, which is, it gets a little cheesy. Yeah. When I go back and listen to it now, and the 80s is my sweet spot. For I wasn't George able Strait. to di differentiate as a youngin. I wasn't able to differentiate between how good like Amarillo by Morning was compared to Check Yes or No. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure that Check Yes or No was preferred in the 90s, but yeah, I like that right. old that old sound. And the we were, chair? Did yeah, you play oh, the chair for him? Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't tell him ahead of time. I I had the chair I had played for, I had played for him before, but not really okay. as an introduction to George Strait and all his music. It was more just like, hey, this is a uh, this is a one of the classic country songs. Was he into it? He loved it. He loved it. He he and he and then he would do things like uh, <laughs> take he would take a picture of of us and put it on his Instagram, and then Amarillo Morning would be like on his story would be like the music that was playing okay. Or whatever. Okay, Locke was having the time of his life being introduced to some. Like, he he knows pretty much all the music that I've listened to, but I was digging a little bit deeper on this trip. Yeah. And I hadn't Dig really... a little deeper, that's Diamond Rio. That's a different... Uh... Well, hang on for Diamond Rio. Oh. So one of the things that Locke wanted to do, I was like, okay, we're gonna get to Amarillo and we're gonna spend the night uh, and then there's something we're gonna see in the morning in Amarillo. But he was like, okay, we're coming into Texas. Like, this is like Friday night lights, Dad. We gotta go, <laughs> we gotta go to an ice cream place. Oh, he, that's He what, wanted to do like, his... sit down at an ice cream place like they do on Friday Night Lights, right? Okay. So we go to this burger place. Tasty freeze type? Yeah, we go yeah. to this burger place and, and when, then that's when he's like, uh, and first of all, I don't I can't remember the name of the place but it's the number one rated restaurant in Amarillo according to Yelp and it's like a hole in the wall burger place that also does ribeyes and mm. it wasn't great. Ah. It just wasn't great. I've had a lot of really good burgers yeah. and it was, and people on Yelp were like, this is the best burger I ever had. Well, I feel sorry for you because there's much better burgers. Hmm. Um, but then we saw this place pretty close by called Brahms. I don't know if you've ever, this is a chain in Texas that like, he goes. B-R-A-H-M? B-R-A-U-M apostrophe S and it, it has like an ice cream cone on it. So I was like, oh, an ice cream place that's open. We go in there, it's not just an ice cream place, it is the it is a place that serves like burgers and stuff like that, milkshakes, but it also has ice cream, so it's got a bunch of places to sit, and it is a convenience store, all open together, it's like a dairy-themed convenience store with like milk and yogurt and stuff. And gas station? Not a gas station, okay. it is a restaurant. I've never been in a place like this in my life where 
You've got the restaurant over here and the convenience store over here and it's all open, there's no dividers and there's like a cashier up there with a menu and the ice cream. Sounds like a truck stop to me. It was unlike anything I've ever, it was not any of those things you're saying. It's and this just, is a chain. Yes, it is a cha very popular chain. Um, and shout out to the staff of the Brahms and Amarillo, many of whom are mythical beasts. Mm. Um, Did they give you a chocolate? Uh, well, I ordered my food. I wasn't, I don't, I'm not looking no for perks, freebies. Man. Uh, Gotta get those perks. Locke wanted a banana split. Again, he was like in this like Friday night yeah. lights. He's like, I yeah. could get a banana. So he got a banana split. And first of all, I was not hungry at all, but I got like a Sunday and ate the whole thing. And of course you did. That was, uh, I, I came to regret that the next day. But then we're, we just, like, at this point, we're staying in like, we're using like hotel tonight and like staying at the Holiday Inn that's available. You know, I'm last minute because I wasn't exactly sure where we would make oh. it. So we're not doing like, that night was not a destination hotel, right? But we wake up in the morning and I don't know if you remember this, I mean, we stopped there before, but right outside of Amarillo is the Cadillac Ranch, which again is basically a farmer who decided that he was going to just plant Cadillacs. I guess oh, he was trying to grow I've Cadillac trees. I've not been there, but I've seen Poda. So we didn't. P I've seen Poda's. You seen Poda's? I don't know why I said Poda's. It's weird that we didn't stop there because we it's like literally if I read drove the past word it. Photos and had never heard it before. How do you? How you said Pahotos? So we stopped and got some Poda's at uh, <laughs> the Cadillac Ranch. It was so cold that morning, but literally all it is is like a cornfield or a, the, the the crops were not currently planted, and just Cadillacs that. And of course, no no entry peep fee. No entry fee, and you can like you can paint on them. It's oh, like you there's, can. There's a bunch of spray paint bottles, and people are constantly tagging them to the point that like there's the way that the paint is dripping off of them. It's created a whole new entity of a painted oh. Cadillac. Very cool, great photo op or photo op. We did that, uh, but the next the thing we were trying to get to that day was Albuquerque. Now, Gotta get to New Mexico uh, again. I always have like a food thing in mind and then I've got like a sightseeing thing in mind. The food thing that I had in mind was getting some of that New Mexican like green chili type food, mm -hmm. which we stopped at a, a place, I can't remember the name of it, but it was good. We got like the authentic New Mexican, New Mexican, <laughs> New Mexican <laughs> cuisine, which is different than just regular Mexican food. You know, there's an emphasis on the green chili sauce. But of course, Albuquerque is known as the place where Breaking Bad was filmed, which is one of my favorite shows of all time and one of Locke's favorite shows of all time. We didn't watch it concurrently because I watched it a long time ago, then he watched it on his own like two years ago. So there are multiple- which they didn't film it there. They filmed it. They filmed any exterior scene in Breaking Bad is in Albuquerque. The car wash, oh. Walter White's house, Jesse's house. Yeah, I remember the house. I, I knew, I guess the house was just like, I didn't know if it was a cheat. Lot, they shot there a lot, I guess. Lots of outside shots, places where they got in fights on the road. So I think they either shot, they shot a lot of it in Albuquerque, like a lot of it. Not just exterior locations. There's lots of things going on there. So were you gonna do like a driving tour? Or? Yeah, so there's multiple sites that have put together the different stops and like, okay, this part of town, you can see these things. This part of town, you can see these things. Of course, the thing that we were most excited about was, you know, Walter and Skyler's house, the main, the main house. Yeah. Now, I had kind of heard that because none of this is official, and this is just somebody's private residence, that the people who live there are not exactly thrilled about this. And in fact, in the thing that I looked up, it said the people who live here are not happy about the the fact that they own this historic house, and you know, they kind of want you to d take your pictures from across the street and get out of there. 
So I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll just take my picture from across the street and get out of there. Just annoy the neighbors by being in front of their house. Yeah, well, I mean, how annoying is it for somebody to stop for a second? Okay, if it's a constant stream, I get it. Well, let me tell you, saying that they're not pleased with it or they don't think it is ideal is the understatement of the year. Oh, what? Okay? Is it? We pull up to the house. The first thing I noticed- It's in a neighborhood, right? It's in a neighborhood. It's in just like a suburb. There is a fence that has been erected around the house, okay? That completely changes the the look of it and changes the view somewhat. Chain link fence? Uh, I've got a, there's a picture, I, actually, I can't remember. It's not It's not a chain link, I don't think. It, but you can kind of see through it if I could, but it's chain, it doesn't look the same. And then there's multiple signs on the fence and on the house that says, this is a private residence, take your pictures from across the street and move on or something like oh, that. Oh wow. So we park across the street and then we get out and then I see that there is an older lady who comes out of the front door. Of the, of of the, the house. house. And she just looks at me and she, this woman looks mad. And she just stands there looking at me like this, crosses her arms, sets up and just makes eye contact with me and just, and I'm thinking like, Okay, and I'm like, I gotta say something. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You mind if we get a picture? <laughs> and she said, I do mind. This is a private residence. It has always been a private residence and it will always be a private residence. What? All these years later, she's the owner is having a, a face-to-face interaction with you about it and is this heated after all of this time? Her, I don't know how, when she bought the oh house. Oh my gosh. Pre or post. But the thing is, is and it, listen, I, at that point, I felt so sorry for her and the bitter, the level of bitterness that, it, that, that is consuming her in her life. Yeah. That I was like, okay, no problem. And, and instead of like being an asshole and like taking a picture or talking back to her, which I'm sure a lot of people do, I was just like, okay. And we got back in the car and just like, Lot was like, Dad, I told you that they didn't like it. I was like, you didn't tell me that it was this serious of a thing. He was like, no, no, Micah, my, my nephew and his cousin, Micah said she really hates it. He was like, you didn't tell me that. Your nephews had visited it? No, they just knew because Locke said that we were gonna oh, do it and oh. they like were talking, looked it up online. And I was just like, man, I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around the like, did this woman buy this house and then let them film there for a fee never expecting that it would become this huge cultural phenomenon and now she just doesn't sell the house or did she buy the house after the fact and didn't fully know how popular it was? I mean, all these years later, I mean, I'm sure every year that passes less and less people visit. Sure, but. But as we were leaving, there was another person coming in. There you know? was? Oh yeah, it, it's, it, it is a constant stream of traffic. So I can only imagine how the neighbors feel. I don't feel great about the fact that we did it, but you know, I also don't, we weren't, we were not intrusive. And if she hadn't said anything, we would have just gotten out of the car in the middle of the road, taking a picture and just gone on. An, anno- an annoyance, yes. So I don't really know what the way, if you're gonna be annoyed by it, I think you have to sell the house to someone who would think it was cool. Or like Vince Gilligan should just buy the house from this woman and you know, let people take all the pictures they want. I don't know, I don't know what the solution is. Yeah, you've ruined this person's life unintentionally. Well. And then they can't sell it at a price because of what it is that they would need to sell it Well, that's for. the so thing they just is that Locke was, like, was like, well, wouldn't the value go up? I was like, no, think about it. Whenever the, 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 the number of people who are interested in a place goes down, which less people, more people 
would be turned off by the idea of buying a landmark that people would come to. So if you lower the amount of people who are demanding the house, then the price of the house goes down, ironically, right? So Lance and Lacey should buy it. But then, <laughs> and they turn it into a, a hotel. Yeah. So I don't know an what the Airbnb. answer is, but I felt bad about it. But like it. the rest of the neighborhood probably won't let them turn it into an Airbnb, but that's what should have happened. That's, that's should be a freaking, yeah. put Lance and Lacey well, on but it. But that was just the beginning of the, the tour because the next stop was the car wash which I can't remember the name of the car wash in the show, but this is where you know the car wash that Walt buys to launder the money. Yeah, And it is still intact and still functioning as a car wash. And it's so, just very iconic shape. So we pull up to the car wash and there's a giant open parking lot right next to it, which makes it easy to kind of stop and just get a picture. And like the guys washing the cars kind of look at you like, yeah, this happens all day, every day. But it's a place of business. Yeah, it's not a big deal. They don't care probably. There's a group of people who have just taken pictures in front of the car wash, who are also on the self-guided tour. They're getting back into their car. And then Locke and I like take a picture and like take a little video out there. And then we see them get back out of the car and there's a, a girl who has this look on her face. <laughs> I'm like, this she must be a giant Breaking Bad fan because she's coming back for more. <laughs> Turns out that she was a huge mythical beast. And it was just, you know, it was crazy. Did she's you tell her, don't go to Walt's house? She's, I did, I said, we just had an interaction with a lady but because uh, they had not been there yet, which was their next stop. Huh. I don't know if they went, but yeah, so. I can't remember your name. You tweeted at me after the fact, and I can't. I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, but you know who you are. Uh, we got some pictures out in front of the car wash, <laughs> um, and then we continued on to. Uh, Did she give you a chocolate? Jesse Pinkman's house, which okay. apparently they're not too keen on it, but they weren't there, and there's no signs. And yeah, again, that's, that's, as we stopped deeper to take a picture, another father and son in another car. We're stopping right as we left. Like it's a constant stream because Breaking Bad is such an iconic show, and so many points of reference uh, for it. I mean, we've been to the the Brady Bunch house in Toluca Lake. Well, there's, in LA, there's there. haunts, There's all there's houses all over the place that but you can like go. Um, the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's Halloween house. Halloween house. Britain in took me there, and they have they have a little sign that says "Take your picture, but keep your distance." Yeah. I, Actually, they had candy on their porch, and they were like, "Feel free to feel free to take some candy, take a picture, and thank you for being nice about this." Yeah, to me, it's like the main difference is like if you live in New York City, and you and you like live in the city. Well, there's all kinds of stuff going on right outside your front door constantly. It's a different lifestyle than what you would get in suburban Albuquerque. Yeah, but. That would be my way of dealing with it, would be like, hey listen, people are gonna be constantly coming to our house and taking pictures, just make sure they can't see in the windows, and then if, they're, if yeah. they come by, we can greet them. It's tough, it's but tough, man. I'm, but I, I, didn't, I didn't sign up for it. I didn't let them film there, and I didn't buy the house. Okay, so that was Albuquerque. The next stop was supposed to be, we were gonna go, keep going west, and then go up north to the Grand Canyon. We were actually gonna go to Monument Valley, that very famous oh, yeah. drive that, uh, in, um, in, I guess it's Arizona, New Mexico or Arizona, but it's it's like you've seen it a million times, one of the most iconic drives in all of America. Then there's a horseshoe bend, which is that crazy horseshoe you've seen on Instagram a thousand times, and then the Grand Canyon. But the mm -hmm. winter weather was really rolling in to the tune of, it was going to be a high of like 18 degrees at the Grand Canyon and snowing. Oh. And I'm in an expedition, it's You're not four wheel drive. Oh, so. it's not, okay. 
So I was like, the idea of getting up there and trying to drive through the snow and also it being so cold, I just said, we gotta pull an audible, we gotta go south. We're gonna miss the Grand Canyon. This is gonna be a, a time, another time and place, another time, same place, <laughs> that we will see the Grand Canyon and all this other stuff. So I was scrambling at a, 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 that night. We were, it was actually the night we stayed in Amarillo. I was trying to figure out like, well, okay, after we stop in Albuquerque, where are we going? Phoenix. Well, what I determined was is that there were two really cool things that I wanted to see if we were to go south towards Tucson in Yes and then in the Phoenix. Okay. Um, the first, if you head south of uh, Albuquerque, you you can if you're heading towards Tucson, you can kind of divert off and kind of go through some crazy wilderness and see something called the Very Large Array. Now I don't know if you remember, but like when we array. made the SETI song and we had like stock pictures of these satellites that are just all giant satellites like pointing towards the sky. Mm -hmm. That's the Very Large Array. It's the largest array of radio telescopes I think in definitely North America, maybe the world. It's 20, I, I said it's 22 miles across and Locke thought I meant a one satellite that was 22 miles across. <laughs> so he was, he was a little bit disappointed when we showed up there. <laughs> it's just 22 miles of, of, across a field essentially of these giant, like once you get right up next to them, these giant telescopes that are uh, making all these incredible discoveries of- You can drive through them? Well, COVID had closed down the visitor center which also includes a self-guided tour where you can like walk directly up to one mm -hmm. without trespassing. Uh, we did walk pretty much up to one with a very minor trespassing. Um, Cause it's just this middle of this field. Literally there's cows all around them. I mean, it's like cattle grazing out there. The it's, that, that drive out there is so incredible. That part of the country is just beautiful and desolate. And huh. you, I mean, you go, you drive and drive and drive and drive and you finally, oh, there's giant satellites on these like basically railroad tracks is how they kind of like move them around or like do maintenance on them because there's these railroad the, tracks that go next to It's all operable, they're still listening for aliens. Okay, so it, I thought that the whole purpose of the thing was listening for aliens, but no, it's a government program where, um, well it might be private. I, the government is involved, NASA's involved because they're uh, using radio teles telescopes to discover black holes and all this information about the galaxy. So they're constantly scanning the skies using radio frequencies to essentially, that's how radio telescopes work, mapping and getting pictures of things using radio frequencies. Mm -hmm. And they're incredibly sensitive and there's a bunch of them. Hmm. But SETI, uh, the search for extraterrestrial, whatever, that, that thing, the people who are listening for extraterrestrial life out in the cosmos. Yeah. They've partnered with them, okay. and so they basically have access to the stream of data that all these satellites are gathering. But it's pretty crazy. I wish we could have gone in to the gift shop and gotten some souvenirs, but we just got some cool pictures. <laughs> That's pretty much all we got. But the goal was to get to a place called Globe, Arizona, which is in the mountains, basically, Arizona has a quite a landscape. Globe. I don't know. I don't, never heard of Globe. You would. There's no reason to. It was just a spot that kind of made sense for us to get to to then be able to go to our next stop the next day. But the problem with this is, even though I had, I was so thankful that we had gone south. But going through the mountains, the elevation got up to like five or six thousand feet, and we went through like blizzard-like conditions. Really, multiple times at night trying to get to Globe, and I was like. We we stopped and ate uh, in this middle of nowhere town, 
And then I'm like looking at the elevation of where we're at and the elevation of where we need to get and it's down. So I'm like, okay, well, it's not gonna get any worse than it is right now. I didn't know that it was gonna require me going up higher and then, so there was like multiple times where I kinda got to snow, just like blinding snow down the side of a mountain and I'm like, freak, I'm freaking out, right? And, and Locke's like, Dad, just relax. I'm like, I don't wanna get stuck. Are there other cars driving in this? Very few. This, that just kept scaring me too. There's just very few other people who have made a decision to be on the road. And so I'm going pretty slow. It took us a while. We finally get low enough where we're, we start seeing some cactus and we're <laughs> outside of the, uh, it's all dark. I can kind of see them with my headlights. But we stop and spend the night in Globe again, just like we're just going with whatever's open at that point, just some, some hotel. You're just ramblers at this point. Yeah. It's all blurring together. But we had, we were headed for Biosphere 2. <laughs> now, I got the t-shirt to prove it. Biosphere 2. I've watched a documentary all about Biosphere 2. And we talked about it pretty extensively on GMM a couple years ago as well. Oh, I didn't, okay, because I watched this much more recently. It's been years since we talked about it on GMM. Because it started in, this, in the 70s, maybe earlier. No, it was in the 90s. It was the 90s? It was the, well. No. It was the maybe the late eighties, early nineties. Definitely, they were wearing like eighties clothes. I thought it was 70s, okay. Maybe it, it, well, definitely eighties. It, it was definitely the eighties. It wasn't any earlier than that. I mean, they may have started research earlier than that. I mean, but I I remember this from when I was a kid. It was a private funded biosphere, self contained human experiment of well, an an experiment of sending these humans into this a team, it's kinda like astronauts, but they're going into this biosphere. And completely self-contained, so. And certifying that nothing's gonna go in or out. Including the air, just so, so this was basically an experiment to see if human life can be sustained in one of these things, and the applications could be on another planet, or at the end of the world, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. so the atmosphere was completely self-contained. The water that they used, completely self-contained. Uh, every, all they grew their own food. Nothing for two years. Nothing could come in or out except for the breaches. Yeah, that then the press jumped all over, which is part of the the documentary's pretty decent. I watched well, it on so a plane. Here, the thing that I was so, so knowing a little for bit a plane about ride, the history, it was pretty decent. Knowing a little bit about the history, I was like, who owns? It? Okay, oh, the University of Arizona owns it now. I'm like, I wonder if they've like completely covered. If they're, it says they're using it actively for research now. So I was just like, mm -hmm. is this gonna be a place that like? is embarrassed by the history of biosphere because it was kind of a big embarrassment in a lot of ways and a failure in a lot of ways. Are they gonna be embarrassed by it and like, or are they still like associated with the same people and so they're like glossing over and trying to make it seem yeah. like it was better than it was? No, they fully embrace exactly what happened and they've left a lot of it intact including like this is an apartment where one of the people lived and you can look inside and see this is the kitchen, it's exactly how it was. So you took a tour inside? The, yes, I went oh, in every cool. part of it. Oh, how long does that take? It took us about an hour and a half and we were going, we were moving pretty fast. Okay, that's pretty cool. So in but the there's heyday, like a rainforest. You would be you could you could go outside and you could spectate like you did the Breaking Bad house and like look through the glass because it was and glass. See the scientists working and stuff. But of course you couldn't go inside because there were no breaches. But I, this was one of the highlights of the that's trip. That's cool to see because it's huge, right? So it looks huge. It's uh, like a huge greenhouse inside is four acres, which if you can imagine a house that's 
four acres. That's a giant house. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't really. It's smaller than I thought, though. Well, but if you, but like, think about most lots. If you have an acre of land in Los Angeles, that's like ten times bigger than everybody else's house. Oh, sure. And then if the whole thing is covered with a house, and you do that times four, it's a lot of it's 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 massive once you get inside, and it's all still working and all still functional. Uh, like there's an like they have an indoor ocean, which at the time they had gone and collected coral and stuff and created an active coral mm-hmm. coral reef in there. The coral reef has died because at some point another Columbia University owned it before University of Arizona and they kind of let the coral coral reef die for whatever reason. But it's still they're actively studying some things and they're actually going to try to make it a coral reef again. Hmm. Um, there's a there's just a number of like scientific elements of like the way that the the energy was self-contained and then there was these giant, if you see the picture of Biosphere, there's these giant domes. Mm-hmm. You can't go inside those, but those are basically giant diaphragms. They're called lungs to allow when the pressure, air pressure increases because of temperature changes, it expands and like it's like a bubble that fills up to allow the pressure of the air to not bust the windows out. Oh, wow. Because it's unusual to have something that's so self-contained you got to have some way to like let the pressure come and go. And I I I do remember from the documentary that like the inhabitants started getting really sick because the oxygen levels were so low. The oxygen and levels that's the first went, thing where they had to they had to get some outside help. For yeah, the oxygen. oxygen level ended up going from like twenty one to like fourteen, which makes you a little bit crazy and it's also dangerous. Yeah, so it didn't quite work out, but. Highly recommend. This is right outside of Tucson. Highly recommended. Stop if you find yourself in that area, and they have a cool T-shirt. I would like to do that. Um, now we're coming. The trip is about to come to a close. Yeah, like you're getting close. To this home. is only the. This is the the thirtieth, and like the thought was okay. Is now the time to like do the retrospective montage. Uh, no, you've seen you've seen quite a bit. Okay. by this point, but we got to go through Phoenix, and the the idea was okay. Let's just stop in Phoenix, and then hang out in Phoenix and see what we can get into and then we'll stay in Phoenix. But that was also when we looked and saw that it only, Phoenix is only five and a half hours from LA. The classic, should we just get home conversation. Well, it wasn't we weren't gonna stop in Phoenix, it was like, do we need to stay in Phoenix? Let's just get home late and just sleep in our own beds. So we uh-huh. kind of determined to do that. Uh, but there's a couple of things about Phoenix. I, I don't think I've ever actually been to Phoenix. I've been around it, they got a big belt line. Maybe we stopped there for a tour or something. I just I, I don't remember everywhere we've been, but like fifth largest city in America. Did you know that? Could not have told you that. Behind like L.A., New York, Chicago, and I guess Boston. You talking about square footage? People. People. Yes. It and it's also because it includes like Scottsdale and some other places okay. that you like heard of as a city, but it's also really just fifth Phoenix. largest. It's giant. Um. Thing I notice about Phoenix is nothing against any of the other places that I visited, but Phoenix is the first place where I was like, just began to recognize, um, for, like you're searching for the diplomatic way to say this. What is it? I'll just say hipsters. Okay. You know, I was gonna say cool people, <laughs> <laughs> but I started to feel there was a, pro- a proxy. A hipster contingent not heretofore not experienced after Nashville. Nashville has a hipster component, but when you go to the downtown area of it's Nashville, not, yeah. you're in the tour. It's like going to Hollywood, California. You know, it's it's like Hollywood Boulevard. It's this is no Hollywood, one's from California, here. Yeah. 
No, no, no one's from no yeah. one's from there except maybe. The so people you playing. found that in Phoenix? Some, yeah, some, some too good for their own good coffee shops. Yeah, we're talking coffee shops, breweries. We ate at this place. Called, I think it was the Wilderness Brewery, and and there was like a bunch of hipsters there. And okay, felt very at home. So you want to? You might be eyeing Phoenix, huh? Well, the thing is, so we were it was Roosevelt Row, which is kind of like their arts district, and it was really, it was really cool. Um, and then I started. I was like, oh, Phoenix is like a cool place that like, we could come on for like a weekend because it's like, it's the same distance just driving to San Francisco. It's not that bad. But then I started looking at the glow, the uh, average daily temperature throughout the year and there's like six or seven months where it's like above 100. Or it, it, it's a hot place, you know? So I don't know how they deal with that exactly besides just going inside, but. Uh, it seems like there's some good times to it's visit. Dry heat though. Right? There's some good, there's some good times to visit Phoenix, but one one of the things I skipped over in terms of music is somewhere at this part of the trip is when I'm beginning to think like um, I gotta well, I gotta introduce Lot to some other stuff, and that was when I was like, oh, you know what? I think you'll like Diamond Rio. Oh, so after George Strait, yeah. And because uh, I was like speaking in '90s country, I was like, there was these guys that Link and I were really, really into, and they were, you know, they they kind of, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna call them a flash in the pan. They're still together and they're still making music, but the '90s they they peaked pretty hard. They in had the '90s three really solid albums. I don't know, and almost well, I would say, I would say four had some really and they had a good hit. I don't know if they were number ones. I'm, they probably were because they had some incredible songs, right? Bluegrass infused 90s country, lots of the, harmony. The, 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 vocal, the vocal approach is the thing that is so uh, notable about them and I would say that yes to the bluegrass-ish of it all but it doesn't have that, it doesn't oh, get no. into yeah. bluegrass sort no. of chord structure as, and tempo. It's like kind of country rocky with this. Infused. This singing and I could just look on Locke's face as we were like listening to Love a Little Stronger and then One More Day, which didn't you have One More Day played at your wedding? Uh, one more day! No, that's that's talking about if somebody died, right? No, it's uh, I Know How the River Feels. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But One More Day, When you man. meet your, your soulmate one more and they're still living. Okay, well, we'll play One More Day at your, your funeral. One More Day Sad. is a great song. And so Locke There's is, so many great songs. So from that point in the trip, so this is like the last two days, he just kept wanting to go back to those four or five really amazing Diamond Rio songs. And then he's like, he's like <laughs> texting me recently. I was like, Dad, we gotta go to a Diamond Rio concert. <laughs> <laughs> so he's all in on Diamond Rio. They're great, yeah. Definitely top five country artist. I, I think I might have to put him in my top five of artists, not just I mean, definitely groups, um, and definitely nineties. But this is okay. So we're we're on day five, and we have driven quite a bit. But we're also kind of saying, let's sleep in our own beds, and we just go on ahead and we make the power trip. through. We we get back to L.A. at like ten thirty at night. And let me just say that Locke and I are very similar in a lot of ways. Um, we, which is a is a recipe for fights, right? And. We did not get into, and of course he's he's seventeen. Like we're we're when we're at home in our normal everyday lives, where there's things there's 
things like you didn't take the trash out. There's these, and lots of little things that could then turn into an argument. Mm-hmm. But we got through this trip without any sort of friction. We were having an incredible time together, listening to music, seeing this stuff. We talk about pretty much everything, philosophy, everything that we, and, and where we li- we were listening to one of my favorite uh, books, uh, Siddhartha, which I listened to on my uh, my solo trip and it was something that he had been wanting to listen to, which and it's a short audio book, it's really easy to listen to. So we were having this incredible time hmm. and then like 20 minutes from home is when we like got into our first like argument. And it was like, it escalated really quickly, I don't even remember what it was about and then I was like, listen, this can't, we can't, like there's no reason for us to fight right now. Let's just get home, hmm. let's just get home and just forget about this and we did. Um, no, but I'm so, first of all, multiple times throughout the trip, he was like, I'm so glad I did this. I was wrong. I'm glad you talked me into this. Like, he's cool. telling everybody about it and how good of a time he had. Um, it is the kind of thing that he's going to remember forever. I'm not, and I think it actually might is more likely to now lead to us doing another trip together, maybe for a spring break. We don't know exactly what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But it was a success, a father son success. Um, and so there wasn't a point where like, okay, well, what did you learn, son? No. What are you, what are you gonna remember forever? Well, one of the things that I've come to grips with is every dad has a, te- most dads, I think, have a tendency to datify things and to try to find the lesson or the moral in something. And like, my kids have become- To codify something to feel, there is an impulse to like, let's actually, let's land this plane and, I am doing a good job as a dad, and right? I, it's it, it's a question well, but that you seek to answer, the thing I think, that, that drives that. Well, the thing that has come very clear to me is that that is for me only, that's not for a lot. Yeah, right. That exercise is right. 100% for my own ego. And so, it, and own sense of security or-, or, or Yeah, what, what, it could what, be. What, and, and I'm using ego broadly. So, and I actually made, I actually made the decision, uh, there's no lecturing, there's no, trying to get him to see something a certain way on this trip. Now, what I found is that he actually is very interested in what I think about things. He's very interested in my opinion. And when I don't use every conversation as a jumping off point for some lesson or for giving him some perspective, he just naturally asks me or runs things by me in a way that it's very clear that what he's after is what I think about this. Mm-hmm. Now I have to be really careful once I start talking about those things to not turn it into a lecture and to make it more, well, I mean, one way to see that is this, or here's one thing that I would think about. But it was, you know, we had, like, we really had some really great conversations about a lot of things that we kinda talk about from time to time, but in in the the setting of this, where there's no place to go, we gotta kill time, it really, um, it lent itself to those kind of conversations, and he was very much all for it. it was, I mean, it was great for for our relationship. And you know, and now that we're back in the swing of just regular life, yes, there's been there's been some arguments again. Um, but I think that there's the, there's a connection that was really that was already there, of course, but it was just strengthened and, and enhanced through this. So highly recommend it if you have the opportunity to take a trip. That's with, that's my trip. I, I my wreck is one other is the album that we listened to more than any album that we both just fell in love with 
Uh, I think you, I have told you about this guy, but I don't know how much you've listened to him. Brent Cobb. Yeah. He's got a song that's really popular, like Keep Him On Their Toes or something like that. Yeah. And like any artist, there are some albums or some songs that don't really resonate, but he's got an album from a few years back called Shine on a Rainy Day. And this is the this is the one that we just centered in on. And, and I, like, I like his most recent album as well, but he's a, he's a South Georgia boy. He's born very close to where I was born. He's got a song about, I think called South of Atlanta, which is about going back to his hometown. And I think he now lives, he was in Nashville for a while, but now he lives down there in South Georgia. Is it laid back, this album? Yeah, that's the thing is that he's, you know, he's got a, he'll go a little bit rock in some places, where, which is why I don't like as much. On this album, it's almost exclusively just like thoughtful, sort of soulful, good country. And again, this isn't the kind of country you're gonna hear on country radio. This is way better than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just so amazing to me that they don't play this music on the radio, but Brent Cobb, Georgia boy, huge fan, Shine on a Rainy Day, just starts off with a song about uh, sitting on a porch and solving the problems of the world, and it just goes on from there. <laughs> um, so that's my wreck. Well, I'll have to great check that road one out. T- trip music, but also just great music in general. I'm glad you had it. I'm glad you made it. Yeah, relationship didn't fall off. Not that only mountain. intact, but uh, you know, you got some memories that will last his lifetime. Of course, you know, you're gonna pass on at some point, and then yep. you'll live on. Mm-hmm. A little bit of that will live on in his memory. That's true, and in video form. For those of you who watched the video, there's 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 a lot there's a lot to see. That Link didn't even get to see. You're gonna have to watch oh, this. Yeah, You're gonna have to I'll watch this it. one. All right, we'll talk at you next week. Hashtag your biscuits. Weigh in. <laughs>